Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. I've been thinking about something. What? Now, I need you to have an open mind. The answer is no. I need you to take a breath and just hear me out. No. We need nicknames for each other on the show. No. It needs to be something short. Every good show, they have a nickname. We don't need nicknames. You love that building show. Chip and Joanna? See? And what's he call her? Jojo? Right. So, Vivi... That's not a... (laughs) Vivi, we're going to start the show. No. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, as she is each and every week, we have Vivi. No, it's Vanessa. (laughs) Hello, everyone. So we are redoing this show because we taped two shows while we were at the Queen Mary. And they sounded like we were in a tin can. I'm pretty sure we had like a spirit on the air. Blah. No. Maybe because it's Halloween. No, not even close. It didn't come out good though. It did not. So we apologize for the one. And then in between these shows, we had our Eric Zane interview that I think went well. I enjoyed speaking with him. It was fun. The last yes. half of the show was more fun than the first half. Well, that's because we didn't know what we were doing. So it was super awkward. Right. And we do apologize to some people who have called in. And if you didn't call in and you don't know what we'd be apologizing for, I'm going to leave it at that because the only way for me to apologize would be to repeat what he said and we said and therefore not be good. Probably not. All right. So moving on. This week, we want to talk about, we actually want to revisit the show from three weeks ago. Okay. We talked about ways that you knew. Knew. No, your financial advisor is sketchy. Right. Ways to know your financial advisor or your investment advisor, or a new term that I've been hearing a lot lately, your financial services professional. That's a mouthful. It when is. did that? Th- when did they start doing that? Who knows? But that how to know when your financial services professional is not working in your best interest. Right. Now, some of the things we discussed in previous shows are at direct contradiction to a couple articles that caught our attention after we aired, after we recorded that previous the previous shows on this subject right before we dig into it i do want to remind people i think it's important we've actually had quite a bit of interaction with people on twitter which surprises me 
Yes. Anytime Mike tweets something, he sits and he watches it and he's like, wow. Wait a minute. Five people in 30 minutes. That's amazing. First of all, it's not five and 30. It's like five and two. (laughs) And time out. Throw the flag on this play. I don't understand how this happens. Well, you act like you understand, but you don't. And you just look at it. But you're as shocked as I am. Well, I'm as shocked that that many people actually care to listen to us and look at what we have to say. We got 1,200 people on one. I don't right. get it. And I, it's I'm not so- because of you. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. This is why I'm giving you a nickname. Okay. Anyway. Gum Gum for Dum Dum. All right. <laughs> what movie is that from? Nash. Nope. Uh, Night at the Museum. Right. So, but we appreciate everyone interacting with us. It's Fireproof Show on Twitter.com. So, back to today's topic. Again, you can join us at Fireproof Show on Twitter. But our topic today, we've got two articles. One was from Mm agingoptions.com titled, Five Warning Signs Your Financial Advisor Might Not Be on Your Side. Right. Now, the other one I think you found, it was on Forbes. Yes. It was called? Ten Signs of a Bad Investment Advisor. Which one? I know. I do wish that. I wish we had that board. Like We've downloaded a couple of the sound effects before and then you can't find them again so they're useless right and i do get distracted but i really liked the one with the lightning right i would have used it there which one do you think is easier or best to start with probably the shorter one which is the five warning signs your financial advisor might not be on your side so they had five warning signs why don't you give us the first one well this says that they're The first yellow flag. So it's not a red flag, so it's not that bad. And it's not a green flag. Right. Definitely not a green (laughs) one. But the first yellow flag says a U.S. news article. So they're citing somebody else, Mm -hmm. uh, which was co-written by two fee-only financial planners. Let me pause you there. Okay. I don't think most people understand what we're talking about when we define somebody as fee-only or fee-based. Okay. Explain. Thank you for that. Fee only means that they cannot do any services that create a commission. Okay. So nothing that creates a commission can they use. So if you need help with health insurance, they can't do it. They can recommend something. Gotcha. But it's something they don't deal with on a regular basis. Right. Now, most of our industry advisors, their clients are going to be somewhere between 10 years older and 10 years younger. That's going to be normal. Okay. I'm more of the abnormality of the fact that I've always worked with people quite a bit older. So as the advisor ages, generally speaking, so does their client base. Right. And as clients or as people age, don't they generally become more conservative? Yes. So as you become more conservative, it's not unusual to see more insurance products being used in your repertoire of products that you own. Yes. Here's what's important. If they're fee fee only, it means if they believe As an example here, that annuity makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. They have to refer you to somebody who's completely not connected to their firm. Right. So if you even said that 20% of their client base is going to need, or 20% of their total assets that they manage Mm -hmm. as people age, now that would be a small percentage, that they need this type of service. You're asking these, these advisors, you're asking these firms, these practices, to have a reduction in revenue of 20%. Okay. That's a hard thing to ask. Right. And then on top of that... 
you have to pull somebody else into the mix. And they might not do it right. Right. How many times recommending it and then having it come back that it was done incorrectly, do you kind of get jaded and go, I'm not dealing with that anymore? And then on top of it, it's not what they deal with every day. If it's not something that you are allowed to do, it means it's not something you're used to doing. Right. Or well-versed in. Correct. So we're at kind of, I think, a good break right before we go into that article. When we come back, let's have you finish that first warning sign. And then we're also going to jump into a Forbes article about the 10 warning signs your investment, you might have, I think it was a bad investment advisor. Right. Let's take a quick break. Every great day has a beginning and every bad day has an ending. Many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel, the thing you wanna see most is how nice your bathroom is. You'll take a look at the shower, the shower door, the glass, the handles, the hinges. Let my friends, my family, the pros, at City Glass and Mirror. They've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740, 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com, at cityglassgh.com, or again, give them a call, 842-3740. Welcome back everyone to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. So today we are talking about two articles that you and I found after we recorded a show on how to know if your advisor is working in your best interest. Right. And these articles were in direct contradiction to what we had previously said. Right. And of course, it leaves you then with, who do you trust? Nobody knows. Well, come on. If we said it, then of course <laughs> okay, we're right. from last man standing. But anyway... So we started out with the first yellow flag that um, the five warning signs your financial advisor may not be working in your best interest. Did that from memory. Thank you. And, and we stopped discuss, We stopped on the discussion on what is a fee-only advisor. Right. And it doesn't make them bad, but again, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. You want, when you get an opinion on something, if I'm looking at a trust, I want to get an opinion whether I need a specific type of trust from an attorney who does it generally, like, or regularly, not generally. If they never do it, I don't really want their opinion on whether that's the appropriate type of trust for me. Right, because they have no idea. It so, would be like going to a divorce lawyer for corporate tax issues. Exactly. I only did that once. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so anyways, the first yellow flag, as we started off with, says the U.S. News article is if your planner recommends an annuity inside of an individual retirement account. Or people call that an IRA. Okay. So it says they don't want to go into too much detail because the topic of annuities can be complex. So we're going to bring it up, but we don't want to go into it mm -hmm. a whole lot. Um, but in the view of the article's authors, planners who suggest an annuity inside of an IRA are forcing you to pay for an unnecessary layer of annuity fees without gaining you any additional tax benefits. Annuities in an IRA, says the author, are less cost-effective and more expensive, and if your planner suggests this strategy, he or she may be lining their pockets with extra fees at your expense. I gotta tell you, this just makes me mad. Makes your blood boil. 
I'm like the Hulk right now, except normal color and still a small person. <laughs> right? It does. It upsets me. And there's a few. So keep me on topic here. Right. So basically what they're saying is, is this is only bad because the advisors who put you in this are basically just lining their pockets with, that, with extra money. Oh, I'm going to hit that last. I'm okay. going to hit it last. Let's go with number one. It says... Forcing you to pay for unnecessary layer of annuity fees without gaining any additional tax benefits. Now, this is total 1980s financial planning. In the 1980s, the cost of the cost of stock transactions, the cost of buying a mutual fund were horrendous compared to what they are now. Okay. And so a lot of times we would talk about, well, add that to, before I go any further, add that to the fact that 401ks are brand new in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. They come out in 1978. Nobody knows really what they are. IRAs are still new. Yep. People don't have a lot of tax-deferred investments. Okay. In comes the annuity. It's a tax-deferred investment. Today, though, we don't use an annuity for the additional tax-deferred benefit. Right. You use it for income. So let me use a simple type of annuity. It's called a MIGA. That's a multi-year guaranteed annuity annuity. Okay. It's the insurance world's version of a CD. So let's talk about a CD real quick. Mm -hmm. Whether you invest or whether you deposit $100,000 with a bank or an insurance company, both are going to make money. Fair? Right. Used to work at a bank. Yes. They made money, right? Is that weird? They make money. That's not weird. That's kind of their point. Right. So you deposit $100,000 with a bank. What do they do? They loan it out. Right. That's the way they make an investment through loans. So maybe they get 6% on a loan and they pay you 2% on the CD. Right. What's the fee on that CD? 4%. Is it? Yes. If I went around and said that CD has a 4% fee, what would people tell me? CDs don't have fees. They'd tell me I'm nuts, but the bank has to make money. The bank's going to be profitable. Right. You don't want to be with an unprofitable bank. Right. Because then you could have a problem. Yeah. Hello, Wachovia. Right. You know, that's kind of cool. I'm pretty sure we could like really bad mouth old banks that are gone because what are they going to do like there's no one there they can't hashtag us and you wonder why you get hate mail (laughs) anyway hashtag with Kovia see Twitter probably not even a hashtag at this point (laughs) so the bank no one would say that CD has a 4% fee no they wouldn't but it does because if it's not a fee you know the bank has to make money it's not a fee you know what you're getting okay Now, an annuity, a MIGA, a multi-year guaranteed annuity. Mm -hmm. So you deposit $100,000 with the insurance company. What do they do? They make an investment. Right. They buy bonds. Right. High-grade corporate bonds. Mm -hmm. Okay. And let's say they guarantee you 2% again. Generally, it's higher than a CD, but I don't want, I'm not, I'm not saying you should. We don't need to make this complicated. So let's say it's 2% again. Right. So is there a 4% fee on that? According, no. to, according to these authors, there is. No, there's not because they're basically doing the exact same thing that a bank has been doing. Exactly. They're they're just doing it in a different venue. So tell me, find me a fee on an annuity that says tax deferral and then it says fee. And these people like this will say, well, they're just hidden. Well, take a MIGA, the simplest annuity. Mm-hmm. Show me these hidden fees because with a CD, you wouldn't say it was hidden. Right. And furthermore... Let's go to taxes. So an IRA, any, I get to calm down. I don't want people to think I'm mad. I'm not mad. I was mad. I'm not mad now. Unlike the Hulk, I can calm down. That's debatable. I'm calm. No. So I am calm. Take an IRA. When you make a withdrawal, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. 
Okay. Right. The non-IRA. What they're saying is what you should put in here. They're saying don't put IRA dollars in an annuity. Did I read them right? Yes. So put non-IRA dollars into the annuity. An IRA gets taxed as ordinary income. Non-IRA dollars, if we do it right, if we hold on to it for more than a year and we use the right things, will be taxed as long-term capital gains. Okay. A long-term capital gain rate is lower than the ordinary income rate. The only time that's not right is if you're in the 0% tax bracket. If you're in the 10 or the 12% ordinary income bracket, mm-hmm. or 10 or 12% bracket, okay. then your capital gains rate is zero. If you're in the 22, the 24, the 28, then your capital gains rate is 15. Okay. It eventually bumps up to 20, but it's always, that capital gains rate is always lower, except for the zero, than the ordinary income. Right. So in other words, if you put non-IRA dollars into the annuity, I could build you a plan where those are taxed as long-term capital gains, but they're telling you to put those dollars into the annuity. Right. And guaranteeing you an annuity, all withdrawals out of annuity get taxed as ordinary income. So they've completely ignored taxes because they're taking some 1980s rule of thumb because they don't understand this problem. I'm not even saying right. Am I saying right now people should should have an annuity? No. Are these authors saying people should not have an annuity? They're not. They didn't say you shouldn't. They just said it basically should be an IRA. Right. So neither of us are saying you should. Neither of us are saying you shouldn't. But if you're going to put money into an annuity, shouldn't you pay attention to how it's going to be taxed? Right. What they just did is they guaranteed you it'd be taxed at a higher rate. Second warning area is recommending high risk strategies, which is higher than your situation suggests. I think that's kind of simple. Would you disagree with that one? No, I would not disagree with that one. That's like, why would you take a higher risk than what you could afford right now? Well, not only that, we talk a lot about how money doesn't have meaning, that money's a tool. And if money's a tool, then it only has purpose. Right. And the only purpose you and I have ever come up with with money is that you'll give it or you'll spend it. That's it. Right. But if you go and buy a car and you can only afford a $200 payment a month and you pick the car that has a $400 payment a month, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in big trouble. Why would you take a risk of being like, oh, that extra 200 bucks a month is going to show up somewhere when it hasn't ever? Well, and that's a good point because that's talking about from the spending side. Right. What I think they're talking here, though, but we don't we don't address the spending side enough. What they're addressing here is the investing side. But if you can accomplish your spending and your gifting goals and do so with less risk, what do you gain by taking more risk? Not much. Or in your case, if you can accomplish your goal of that vehicle, you can buy a car that does everything you needed to do and you can do so at 200 rather than 400. What do you really gain by spending the 400? It looks really cool in the driveway. For six months. Right. And then you're stressed out about making the car payment. You feel, you'll feel you feel great about that decision for about six months. Right. Six months later, it's no longer new. It no longer smells good. There's fries <laughs> under the seats and your child puked in the back. Right. It no longer looks good. Right. And then it's a burden. But. Caution three was what? Your advisor starts pushing insurance products you don't need. Now, this one, from the first blush, I completely agree with. But wouldn't it be true that a lot of people are underinsured? Correct. And so you've got your financial services professional. Example, hmm. we were just watching Gold Rush. 
and the young kid on there, Parker, who drives me crazy. I'm going to grab it for you. Let's take a quick break. And while we're on break, I'm going to find it. But before we take our break, I want to remind everyone that you can go to one of our free workshops. They're at libraries. We do that on purpose. We're not going to give you some free steak dinner. We send you to a library because it's non-confrontational. Go to one of the libraries, go online. You can find out where we're going to be this month. They've been booking up quickly. You can go online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. It's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com or call us. You'll get a live breathing person here right in Grand Rapids. It's 616-589-4004. 616-589-4004. And our staff will get you signed up. We'll take a quick break. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the third and final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I want to remind everyone, you can join us, tweet us, connect with us on Twitter at fireproofshow. Not dot com. Well, it's twitter.com. It's just at fireproofshow. Right. Use your Twitter app, no.com, at fireproofshow. And if you find this helpful, go to one of our workshops. I promise you that that's something that I think is a continuation of what you've heard on this show here. We can help you find out when to take your Social Security benefits, how to take other income to coordinate with your Social Security benefits, how to coordinate husband and wife, and as well as how business owners can reduce their Social Security taxes. Sometimes we'll show an example where you could reduce it almost $100,000, pay $100,000 less into Social Security, but only have your monthly income reduced by about 100 bucks. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. So before the break, we were talking about not being properly insured. Right. And then you thought of my favorite show. Gold Rush. Because despite my best efforts, I still end up watching some of it because you play it all the time. Not all the time, but I do watch the new episodes, even without Todd Hoffman. My favorite person on the show, and I say that with significant amount of sarcasm, if you guys could not tell, is Parker, the little twit who thinks he knows everything. To be fair, I don't like him either, but they have had some very successful seasons. Right, but that doesn't, just because you're successful, that doesn't make you a nice person. No. But So why did you want to use this clip? Because he is driving a very expensive piece of equipment and it lights on fire. Let's jump in. It's towards, mm, towards the last third of the show. Right. See, to get it all out of here. Man, if that would have burnt through an oil line, this thing would have been up in smoke in no time. We almost just watched a million and a half bucks burn to the ground. You know the scary part? What, what's that? Thing's not insured. You might want to call and put some insurance on it. I'm that serious. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Let's get this thing out of the road. A million and a half dollar dozer. And he's going, ha it's not insured. And I get it. Maybe some people are going, well, it's a kid. 
But the point was that warning sign number, was it three or number four? Number three. Was pushing insurance products you don't need. Some people don't think that they need stuff insured. That's the insurance agent's role, though, to make you aware of areas where you're underinsured. Right. And And the example that we used was totally out in left field. I'm sorry, but if you have a million and a half dollar piece of equipment, you're darn skippy. I'm spending money to insure that thing. You know what? Yes, that should be the case. Right, but But they were already bleeding money. And you and I know that's not always the case, though. Right. Number four. The fourth practice that should set off alarm bells, I love how they use words like this, is when your planner engages in practice called churning. Now, churning is when we do excessive buying and selling just to generate commissions. But see, this is... Now, I'm a fee-based advisor, which means that when it comes to securities, that's things in the stock market, we're Mm -hmm. fee. We charge a fee just like these fee-only advisors. But what they're telling you, and then, but we also use insurance profits. Okay. But what they're telling you here, when they say it this way, well, you got to watch out for churning. First of all, that's what a compliance officer is designed to do. This isn't, again, this isn't the 1980s. And I get that it probably still happens today, but to such a small degree of what it once did. Mm Mm-hmm. But you've got a fee-only advisor saying, well, now see, a fee-only doesn't make more money whether you own apples, bananas, and oranges, and the next month you own, you know, bananas and zucchini and kiwi. They don't make any more money regardless of how... (laughs) You went from simple apples, bananas, and oranges to bananas, zucchini, and kiwi. All three of which I enjoy. (laughs) You don't enjoy zucchini. You never eat my zucchini. Stuff zucchini. Oh, well... Ha. Excuse me, I'll stuff some zucchini then instead of frying it up on the pan. And that's when we say, boom goes the dynamite. All right. But it's a good point because a fee advisor doesn't make any more money regardless of whether we switch you this month and next month. It would be a little excessive, but if you switch every month, they don't make any more money. Okay. So what they're basically saying is anybody who's not compensated this way, and I'm part of this group that gets compensated the way these advisors do. Mm-hmm. But they're saying, you know, that would be like me being agreeing with them and go, yeah, anybody who's not in our shoes, they're basically, it's excessive trading. It's this intentionally derogatory description of what they are not. Right. And it becomes hard then to understand, am I really getting, I mean, here we talked about last time, our last show, we talked about how an advisor should use an IRA for an annuity. Mm -hmm. And here you've got, it sounds good. Advisors saying you should not use an IRA. And in fact, if you are using an IRA, that person's not looking in your best interest. Right. We don't even have time to go into the Forbes article. No. No, we don't because you went off on a tirade for a while. But we did. We've done this show now twice. Right. And last time we had time. And this time, I don't feel like I went on any more tirades than I did last time. Uh, It's questionable. Well, I mean, the tail is in the tape. Right. (laughs) Clearly, something happened. Okay, well, before you decide to wrap us up here, we did not get into number five. We only stopped at number four. Um, So at the end of the article, it says, finally, which I do find it interesting. They started out with yellow flags, and then they didn't didn't continue on with their flag process. Right, then we went to warning area, caution, the fourth practice. (laughs) Right. Um, But finally... It may be time for a second opinion or a new advisor if you sense your portfolio is being neglected. In other words, if your advisor is guilty of errors of omission. 
This is the opposite of churn. Instead of too many fee generating transactions, some planners are guilty of too few. So basically, they're not doing enough. Right. Which, coincidentally, I kind of agree with. I mean, if they're not really paying attention to you and they have no idea what's going on with you, why are they your advisor? You know, but it almost made it... All of this focuses... This whole article focuses on trading. Right. It does nothing to talk about how an advisor should be helping you identify behaviors. Okay. Less than 20%, according to behavioral finance, less than 20% of the outcome of your financial well-being will have anything to do with stock market returns. Right. The majority, over 80%, is going to be how you react to things, how you behave, how how you spend, how you invest. Right. So in the end, use products and services and try to use what you know they will at least do, not what you think they possibly might do. And have an advisor, get an advisor who you can trust, but specifically, as you get close to retirement, somebody who's going to look at healthcare, taxes, and income. Get a written income plan. If you don't have a written income plan, then what you need to do is go to one of our workshops. Go online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. It's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. Or call us, 616-589-4004. 589-4004. We'll get you signed up. Until next week, we are your hosts. And this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.